Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Yesterday we were able to check off one more on our list of nine paradoxes that characterize the Christian life, a list given to us by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which is his third list of nine items. List number one, nine hardships and trials that he suffered as a minister of Christ. List number two, nine graces and enablements that are needed to overcome suffering. And list number three, nine paradoxes of ministry and, indeed, of a Christian's life. And the nine items, the nine paradoxes, which, of course, are all pairs of contradictions, as they seem, and yet actually prove to be very true upon careful examination. But this this list of nine paradoxes breaks down into a list of four paradoxes of reputation, and a list of five paradoxes of circumstances. And we finished up the ones on reputation, and we ticked off the first one that deals with circumstances when we dealt with it on the broadcast yesterday, this paradox that says, as dying, and behold, we live. Always on the edge of death, and yet we're still alive. Think back over the life of the Apostle Paul. And think how many times he came close to death, when he almost died, when it seemed certain that he was going to die. And he he sensed that. He felt that. There were times when he thought he was going to die, and yet God brought him through as dying, and yet we live. And so, in a sense, he and all Christians live constantly at the at the point of death we we are living a a life of living death and we need to be aware of that this might be my last day upon earth would i live this day differently if i knew it were my last day on earth well whatever way you would live if you knew it was your last last day that's probably the way you ought to live if you're living differently than you would, knowing that today was your last day upon the earth, then you're probably not living as, what should I say, as um, circumspectly before the Lord as you need to be living. So think that this could be my last day upon earth. I may step into the presence of Jesus before this day is over. I need to order my life in such a way that my last day on earth is a day that brings honor and glory to Christ all day long. 
I'm living, but I know I could die at any moment. That's the way we need to live, a living death. But we'll move on from there to protected danger. Thank you for joining me on this Friday, February 24, and thank you for supporting us with the finances necessary to continue teaching God's Word on this station. Well, we come to the next one. Let me start at the beginning and read through the whole nine. Four of reputation and five of circumstances. Here they are. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, and now circumstances, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Living death is the first paradox of circumstances. Protected danger, we could call the second one, which is described in these words in 2 Corinthians 6, 9, as chastened and yet not killed. As chastened and yet not killed. What is that all about? Well, the Bible speaks about chastening for God's children, whom the Lord loves, the Bible tells us, He chastens and scourges, whips, is another word, spanks, every son whom he receives. In fact, it goes on to say, if you don't receive any chastening, of which all of God's children are partakers, then you are no child of God. So, when the chastening hand of God comes down upon us, we're not supposed to say, Why are you allowing that? Why are you doing that? What's going on here? Well, you you should know. If you know the Bible, you should know what's going on here. This is your Heavenly Father correcting you with child discipline. The same way that if you're a parent, you disciplined your children as appropriately and as wisely as you possibly could. I hope you did. I'm not going to tell you that you need needed need to discipline them this way or that way we had four daughters no sons but four daughters and they were all as different as they could be and i was pretty young <laughs> when we started this family of of girls and i realize now looking back that i disciplined well i won't say which one some of them may be listening But I disciplined one of our daughters more harshly than was necessary because she had a very sensitive spirit. She didn't need harsh discipline. She didn't need physical discipline, corporal punishment, we call it. But that could not be said for all of them. One daughter in particular very much needed that, and we would not have been able to appropriately chastened her without that. So what's the point? The point is that a wise parent, and you do gain in wisdom, someone has said, it's a shame that we didn't uh, have our children later in life when we were a whole lot wiser, but God in his wisdom gives them to us when we're young, and, and sometimes they have to bear the brunt of our 
learning how to rear children. We're, we're learning on the job. But wise parents learn <clears throat> to apply the appropriate discipline for each child in each situation. The children aren't all alike. The situations aren't all alike. And God is the wise parent. He is all wise, totally wise, completely wise. He's not learning. He's not learning as he goes along. He knows perfectly in every situation with every child exactly what is needed. And for some of us, sometimes it has to be pretty severe to get our attention to do the, the job that needs to be done, to, to carry out the purpose for which that particular act of chastening was given. And for others of God's children, all it takes is a gentle nudge because they are more sensitive. But all, A-L-L, of God's children experience the chastening hand of God. If you don't, you are no child of God. But, as Paul tells us here, though he had experienced that, the chastening of God didn't kill him. He wasn't chastened unto death. That's what he's saying in verse 9. As chastened and yet not killed. The Bible does tell us about some of God's children who were chastened unto death. It can happen. It's not that it's impossible. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11? In regard to the Lord's table and the proper observance of it and how important it is to examine ourselves and to judge our own sins and confess them, deal with them, commit them to the Lord, receive his forgiveness, turn away from them. Because, he said, failure to do so has caused some of you to become weak and sickly and some sleep, the Christian word for death. He's talking about Christians here. Unbelievers are never said to sleep in death, but Christians sleep in death. And Paul said, there are some in the Corinthian church who have been chastened unto death because you wouldn't allow yourself to be corrected. But that was not true of the Apostle Paul. And that is not true of most believers, thank God. Most believers learn from the chastening hand of God, and correct their ways. In fact, and this is an interesting bit of information, a bit of insight that has been helpful to me, I, I came to understand somewhere along the way that probably the best way to distinguish between chastening and judgment, that is the kind of chastening that comes only upon God's children as opposed to the kind of judgment that comes upon unbelievers, the only way to to understand the difference is to see the result. What do I mean by that? So much of this chastening of God constitutes or is constituted by the normal trials and struggles of life that are similar to and sometimes identical to the same kinds of hardships and difficulties that unconverted people experience. What's the difference? When it's a child of God, it brings about correction, repentance, humility, submission, growing faith, greater love to God. It accomplishes a good purpose. And when that happens, you know that that's 
child training, child discipline. God knows what we need to enable us to grow in grace. And when the trials of life, the hardships of life, make us sweeter, make us more gracious, make us more committed to Christ. I read just not too long ago an account of a man whose wife died of cancer. He'd know, they'd been married for, I think, in excess of 50 years. And he, he describes how that he watched, he, his wife was a believer all along, but how he watched that struggle with cancer make her stronger and sweeter and and more in love with Christ and and um, doing more Bible reading and 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 talking to family and and friends about the things of God. It was having an amazing impact upon her in growing her in grace and knowledge, evidencing that she was in fact a child of God. Someone else might experience the same cancer, and it makes them hard and bitter and doubtful. Why, I asked God to take this from me, and he didn't do it. I don't know if I believe in God. Well, let me help you with that. You don't. Whatever faith you professed was evidently not true saving faith. You're responding to this trial like an unbeliever. This trial is, in your case, a judgment of God upon you because it's not producing gracious results. But when it's child discipline, then it will produce progress in your sanctification. And Paul said, that's what happened to me. As dying as chastened and yet not killed. Protected danger. We experience the difficulties of life like everyone else, but in the case of God's children, they don't result in our death, they result in our growth in grace. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace. <laughs> 